0: I just want you to take caution. So if you're running with someone from another family unit, just make sure that you're like, you know, have an established understanding before you go out and say, hey, like, we're going to follow these guidelines to make sure that we don't transmit this virus. Let's do our best not to interact. Definitely don't touch. um, And as best we can, I mean, you're running, so stay six feet away from each other.
1: Hurdler's Emily Abadi popping into your feed with a special episode of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about everything from their big wins to how they've gotten through some of life's toughest moments. And let me tell you, things feel pretty tough right now. I have been talking to so many of you through direct message and email about how overwhelmed we are in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic so many questions coming in, many of which I don't have the answers to, but I reached out to someone who could help. His name is Dr. Darian Sutton. He's a trained emergency physician, and he's also the host of Doctors Without Boundaries on Instagram. You can find him at doctor. Darian. That's d o c t o dot D-A-R-I-E-N. We recorded this earlier today, just going through all of the questions that have been flooding my inbox Touching on everything from, is it safe to run outside? Is it safe to run with a friend? How long is this thing going to last? What can I do to calm my anxiety? And stuff like that. Listen, I know, again, it's overwhelming right now, but none of us are alone. We are all going through this together. I'll be upfront with all of you. I am certainly a little bit nervous about what remote recording will mean for the podcast. I am working diligently to find the best solutions to figure out how to get you the best quality while also getting you the information that you need. And sitting down, I'll bite remotely with inspiring people. So I ask you from the bottom of my heart, to stick with me, to have some grace, and know that we're just doing the best we can right now with what we have. At Emily Abadi, at Hurdle Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. If you have a hurdle moment of your own to share, you wanna say hi, you want a friend, you can always reach out to me over email. It's emily at hurdle.us. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Dr. Darian Sutton. He's a trained emergency physician, host of Doctors Without Boundaries, Dr. Darian on Instagram. I have been following you, and it has been so helpful for me, so I am so grateful for your time to help answer the questions that have been coming at me that I am certainly not qualified to help with.
0: (laughs) I'm just appreciative to have more people talking about these facts. so thank you.
1: Of course. So first off, let's talk about the basics. Talk to me about what the symptoms for coronavirus are and how it spreads.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Great question. So a lot of people, first off, uh, many of us, the last time we sat in a biology class was like in high school. So a lot of times I think we look at this and we're trying to remember all these details that we remembered from our initial classes, but it may not be effective or appropriate in this situation. So first off, is that the COVID-19 virus, also known as the coronavirus, is a specific type of virus that belongs to a family of viruses. That family includes viruses like the SARS virus, which was involved in the outbreak in 2003, as well as MERS, which is Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which is a relatively rare virus um, that is mostly not really that noticeable in the United States in terms of um, the amount of people that have had it. The COVID-19 virus specifically is new because it has not been isolated in human species. There's a lot of research about where it came from, and the uh, most founded one is that it's basically a zoonotic virus, meaning that it originated from animals. And what they postulate is that most likely it came from that and had transferred over to humans. Now, the biggest question is like, how does that even happen? Um, As a virus is transferring from one host to another, Its DNA mutates, and sometimes that mutation can allow it to be susceptible to another species, which unfortunately is us humans. Um, So what we found is that that virus has crossed over, that likely happened last year, um, and now has led to the current pandemic. Um, The virus is, like the other uh, viruses within its family, a respiratory virus. So it causes respiratory symptoms like fever, uh, cough, uh, shortness of breath. And unfortunately, this can progress to pneumonia, and in a very few cases, well, sadly now, many cases, it can progress to death.
1: Now, who is at the highest risk for coronavirus?
0: So right now, it, it, although we have a historical research from similar viruses like coronavirus, we really are looking at the data from China. And what we found is that anyone over 60 years old has a significantly increased risk of uh, severe harm from this virus, specifically patients who are over 80. Um, With that being said, patients who are also immunocompromised of any age, and we always try to include pregnant patients inside that group as well um, because they're naturally at an immunosuppressed state um, and they're at higher risk than
1: others. Now the question's coming in from the followers. Can I have coronavirus and not know it?
0: Great question. Absolutely. Right now, we're noticing that people are transmitting this virus. And what we try to preach so hard, specifically from the hospital standpoint, is why we need to socially distance, because many people are walking around with this virus and don't realize that they have it. A lot of our research, people have to understand, is based off of people who self-report or present to the hospital. That means that we're only really looking at those patients who have severe symptoms, but these patients come from somewhere, and most likely, they're coming from their community where they may have been involved or interacting with someone who had mild or no symptoms, and those are the people who are transmitting the virus most often, commonly, and making it more um, persistent.
1: All right. So then the questions come in about exercise. Can you safely run outside right now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to help people understand the, that, the answer to that question. Um, I, when I preach about social distancing, sometimes it can be confused with social isolation. And I want to make sure people understand there's a difference. Social distancing means that, yes, you can definitely still run outside. You can run on, um, you run on the street. You can run wherever you feel, feel most comfortable. What we're trying to preach is, avoiding um, large gatherings. So you definitely should not be running in a group. If you're running, right now the crucial time that we don't wanna mix households or family units. So if you're running with a roommate, that is fine because you're obviously already in close contact with him, but you really shouldn't be in close contact with other people who live in different spaces because this is how the virus spreads.
1: Right, so if you have a run buddy that you usually run with every Tuesday morning, are you saying skip the run buddy?
0: No, honestly, I would say just be cognizant of the fact. I definitely
1: don't want people to feel, I, I think
0: exercise is really important, especially for mental health in the setting of social distancing. Um, I, I just want you to take caution. So if you're running with someone in a, from another family unit, just make sure that you're like, you know, have an established understanding before you go out and say, hey, like, we're going to follow these guidelines to make sure that we don't transmit this virus. Let's do our best not to interact. Definitely don't touch um, as, as best we can. I mean, you're running. So stay six feet away from each other.
1: Right, right. Totally. I actually went out to Central Park over the weekend and I had a deep appreciation for the quote unquote groups of people that were all just standing about six feet apart from one another.
0: <laughs> if, if, if people can understand, and we'll get into this, as an emergency doctor, not only is, this, is, is the, um, our patients who are over 80 at risk, but we are significantly at risk of breaking down this healthcare structure because we do not have the room or capacity to prepare for everyone becoming sick around the same time. And now they're coming out with reports that ER physicians are becoming sick and ill. And now I'm trying to express to people, like, if you can't imagine how it can be for an old person to be sick, just think about talking to me and think about the risk that I'm putting myself into. So it's, like, infuriating now when I walk outside and see brunches packed with people. I can't understand it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it goes without saying that I'm sure so many people are thankful for what it is that you're doing and, you know, the risks that you incur every single day just by showing up and, and helping other people. So thank you for that.
0: Oh, Thank you. I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate anyone taking the effort to honestly help um, um, uh, increase the voice of people who can't be heard. And a lot of us are working so hard that we don't have the chance or the modality or the mediums to be able to communicate, but I'm just grateful for this
1: conversation. Any idea of how long this will last?
0: That is um, a question that's still trying to be answered. There's a lot of analysts and epidemiologists that are looking into the timeline. A lot of people are uh, postulating or thinking that maybe it could be done in June or July, but it's really still too hard to tell. And this is founded on the principle that we don't have testing available. Um, In the emergency room, I can't even get myself a test. I can only get tests for patients who are high risk who are being admitted to the hospital this means that many people are coming in with symptoms being discharged and going back into the community without a clear understanding of their actual risk and their actual diagnosis um, so with that being said we don't have the ability to, to set a trajectory we cannot we don't know when we're going to peak we don't know when it's going to drop out and it makes us really hard uh, to calculate when this will end.
1: right and i think it's interesting i mean i went into a store this morning and they had just received a new shipment of Lysol and Clorox wipes. And someone messaged me who works at a hospital and said, where is this? We need these supplies. Like it's literally no discrimination against where these shortages are happening and everyone's just looking for, you know, the basic necessities right now.
0: People don't understand that even as physicians, we are literally rationing out masks. I'm talking about every type of mask. We don't have enough masks. Soon there will, will not be enough gloves. There are already limited beds, beds because beds, a hospital, people don't realize that hospitals operate close to capacity at baseline. So any kind of um, mass casualty incident or a pandemic um, significantly and severely disrupts our flow. And people don't get
1: that. Right, right. Well, the next question coming in from the followers, can my dog or pet get coronavirus, and can they spread it?
0: That's a good I have two cats, and so I always <laughs> get uh, fearful of this, and I understand the concern behind this question. There has not been any research that shows that cats or dogs can get this virus. As I said in the beginning, um, this virus, um, it, it, viruses are very specific, and it's kind of um, a happenstance that they're able to uh, inoculate or cause us uh, or get inside of us as humans um, because of a specific mutation that occurred that, <clears throat> that benefits the virus. Um, that being said, it would be really difficult for that to happen again for another species that is close by, like a dog or
1: a cat. Well, thank God that we can hold on to our anxiety yeah. animals. <laughs>
0: Yes, and please take care of the, um, the shelters that are trying their best to manage all of these, uh, these animals that, are, that don't have a home. I was just reading about that.
1: Another listener asks, I've been told that I should change clothes right when I come inside. Is that necessary?
0: So, that, so first off, I have to answer this question with the understanding that some of us are privileged enough to have this ability to have clothing in order to be able to change. Um, if you have the ability and you have to be um, resourced, I would definitely do things. I mean, I can go through my whole thing that I do. I, I'm coming from a high-risk environment. I have a partner who lives in my in my apartment, um, and I don't want to expose him to, um, as much as I can, I don't want to expose him. So the things that I do is that I leave my shoes outside. Obviously, you just have to live in a space that's safe enough to do that. Um, I also make sure that I take off my clothes immediately and put them in the washing machine. But obviously, before I even do all of this, I'm changing from my scrubs into regular clothes in my office and then coming home. But even with that being said, I still change. Um, and if I'm running outside, I try my best to change and take a shower as soon as I get back. Again, this is not really legitimized in research, but me, um, my thinking is like mitigating as much as as much as a transmission
1: as possible because the virus does live on purpose. And now specific to the running community, we've been seeing everything from, of course, friends' weddings to large marathons. I was supposed to run their London marathon at the end of April. That's been oh, postponed. No. A lot of people are kind of, Uh, aside from the normal reasons to be unsettled during this time, unsettled because they had such a crazy big training mass and they just don't know what to do to go to a more sedentary possible lifestyle. So do you have any at all like words of wisdom for these people that were kind of at peak fitness and they're just really anxious about how to handle this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely working with a a psychotherapist on resources because I want to make sure that I clarify and I have good statements when I'm talking about healing and self-managing. Um, with anxiety, especially a lot of us are just finding out that we're having anxiety. That's really important to realize. Um, It's really difficult because there's not going to be in any time soon a way that people can work out in a group format like a marathon or a a large um, event. Um, What I would honestly say is take advantage of of the time that you can can run outside now. You can run outside and definitely no one's judging you. Um, I would make sure to set goals for yourself um, and, and organize your day as much as possible. You have to realize that as working people, the majority of the people who are listening to this get up and go to work. Um, Now that that's kind of been taken away, we have to figure out how to organize our homes in a way that we can define spaces for sleeping, for entertainment, and for working. And I think um, making sure that we stay on the same schedule that we were already on, is really important because once your sleep schedule changes, it can induce other risk factors for depression, increased anxiety, and then that can also be related to your health overall.
1: Right so i mean you're touching on anxiety and mental health any other suggestions yeah. aside from you know designating designating certain spaces to make sure that you have a separate space for sleep versus where you're working on just how to you know keep calm and keep anxiety at bay during this time
0: yeah i think it's really person dependent to be most honest with you if you have a therapist Emailing them and asking them for the possibility of video uh, conferences is really important. A lot of the medical community understands the importance of social distancing, so we are quickly uh, um, adapting to be able to figure out how to see our patients. For example, my twin brother is an obstetrician, and his clinic has already adapted to be able to talk to patients online. They're sending them blood pressure tests and all types of tools to be able to test them and get them the um, readings that they need in order to prepare them for their delivery. So we're, we're adapting a lot. And so if you're in contact with your primary care provider, you can also find out ways that they can adapt in order to be able to help you while maintaining social distancing.
1: I love that. Now, do you have any last words of wisdom for the hurdlers, as I love to call them?
0: Uh, so I, I think that what I want, number one, social distancing, social distancing, social distancing, I wish <laughs> I could tattoo it on my chest as much as possible. Um, If you follow me online, you notice that the running motif in all of my stories is why social distancing is so important, specifically because I'm looking at the results of Italy, and I'm, I'm, quite honestly, I'm really scared. Um, And the reason why is because I'm not necessarily scared about the effect of this virus on the majority, because as we've seen some studies, 80% of the people who get this virus don't even need the requirement or assistance of medical providers. Um, But in that small percentage of people who do do need assistance, specifically the 5% who will be critically ill, um, those are the people who will present to the hospital all at the same time and cause detrimental, severe effects on the healthcare system. So social distancing is so important. Number two, making sure that you take care of yourself, making sure you set um, time limits on your your phone. I learned how to do it already in my settings to make sure that I can, my phone reminds me after an hour and a half on social media that I should take a break. It also silences all notifications from my social media. It's something that I've been practicing. I've picked up new things like calling people, which I don't often do, reading and writing and making sure that I figure out a plan to keep myself calm. And then number three, realizing that this will pass. Um, people have to understand that anything that is happening in our economy, these things are relatively transient, and they will also pass. Um, we just have to figure out what steps we can do right now to help, and that is on food social business.
1: I love your advice about taking time to read and write things down. It's, it's something that, you know, we all say constantly, man, I'd love more time to do X or Y. And it's, yeah, this is the time. This is the time. How many times would someone have said, man, I wish I could have just had one more day at home this week. Well, you have the day. So let's uh, let's try to be kind to ourselves and have some grace and just accept that this is how it is now, you know?
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. How can the hurdlers keep up with you, follow you, and uh, get more updates from your world?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if you want updates, I would always say, first and foremost, follow the guidelines that are instituted by your Department of Health within your city. Follow any public health official that is sharing information because it's exactly where I'm getting my information from. The information that I utilize, I kind of try to synthesize to an audience. So if you would like to follow me, uh, Dr. drdoccor.darien, D-A-R-I-E-N on Instagram. Um, and like I said, um, stay safe, stay healthy, and think about those around you.
1: Thank you so much for your time. Stay safe out there. Of course.